This is the Funky Gamer Podcast. Hello, hello, hello there. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Funky Gamer Podcast, a gaming podcast from a bunch of wannabe somebody yet still nobody British dudes who think they know stuff. Now, this is our Anthem special episode where we're going to be discussing all that we can on the current state of BioWare's latest major game release. To do so, as always, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Mr. Chris Wright. Are the gleeful at this moment, Tess? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Had a nice week off work. Wonderful to hear. And returning from the dead, where I imagine, I actually imagine he's been keeping a lot of graveyards, it's the Geordie one, Mr. David Moore. How's tricks, mate? I'm back in the land of the living after a brief period of dying. Brief period of sickness. You have nursed yourself back to full health, I assume. Yes, I'm here. Good. Well, welcome back. Thank you for joining with this special. As always, to you both chaps, appreciate it. So, at the top of the show, as we said, we're going to be talking solely about Anthem in this episode. It is a bonus episode, so expect it in addition to one of our usual weekly podcast episodes. Should we jump into it, chaps? Are you eager? Absolutely. Very much looking forward to this one. Let's do it, man. There's a lot to talk about, so let's crack on with it. Funky Gamer Anthem Special. Okay, now, as a pre-show note, one of the things that I've kind of jotted down here as of, as of this recording which is i don't know what date we are the 9th 9th of march anthem is of a particular version that's version 1.0.3 bioware have released their latest patch something we'll actually be discussing a little bit later on hopefully on march 9th so today it was initially slated for march the 12th meaning it's actually dropped early to everybody's surprise i wanted to mention this as the episode will kind of disappear into the annals of history rather quickly. And for full disclosure, it relates to the topic at hand, you know, in case somebody listens to this in, I don't know, five years' time, something daft. Oh, yeah, because they did do that. Yeah, why is Anthem on version 5, or why is Anthem 3 out, or something like that? Why are they still talking about version 1, or something? You know what I'm saying. So, we have some very specific talking points here, although we're just going to go with it, I think. Let's 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 jump right in, shall we? I, I would like to get a, an idea of initial impressions from the both of you. Really, I'll uh, I'll go to uh, actually Chris first. I'll tell you what, as some kind of subcategories, the things that we got here to talk about. We'll start with the current progression, the state of the game. How much have you actually done so far in Anthem, Chris? Uh, I have finished the story. Well, the main campaign story. I am level thirty and about uh, four thirty, four forty with two of my characters. Very nice indeed. That's a very fairly respectable power level, right? Oh, by the way, I know, I'm just going to say this. If you're listening to this, we assume that you... I'm not going to explain what power is or anything like that. I assume that if you're listening to this, you play Anthem and you have some familiarity with the specifics to the way that the game works, right? Or you hate it and you just really want to put yourself through the ringer. Yes, you might be inducing some kind of self-punishment here, which I think first and foremost is stupid. But, you know, it's a listen for us, so thanks for that. Dave, what about you? How far are you in the game? I'm asking you this. I know exactly how far. You two are playing together on Xbox. I am I am level 30. Also finished the main campaign. I am on to a certain quest, which I won't name because it's spoilers. And I'm quite a way through that one as well. Uh, one of me javelins is 416 power. And one is 376, I think it is. And nobody plays a storm. So we'll just leave that one at whatever. <sighs> <laughs> I play a storm. I know. So I said it. Uh, well, I'll, you'll find out in just a second because I'm going to ask you what your favorite, favorite javelin is. But before I do that, I'll just kind of give you an idea as to where I am in this game. I'm not quite level 30, although I have finished the main story campaign. I'm around level 26 or about halfway through, I'd say. Not got that far to go until we reach official end game point for me. So kind of excited for that. Uh, I have basically only played one javelin because it's my favorite. I'm sure you can't guess what that is. No spoilers. Thanks, Dave. You're welcome. <laughs> but uh it's no, it's fine. Don't worry. My javelin my javelin is around about three five seven. We're getting closer to the four hundred mark. And yeah, I'm yeah, it's, it's all good. So I like I say, I'm gonna query what your favourite javelin is. I'm guessing it's probably gonna be the one that you play the most. Chris, go for it. Colossus. Oh, you're the big dude. I love the guy. Okay. He can just take so much damage and just he just run and protect it most of the time. I have noticed because I've got one, a friend that actually plays at the Colossus pretty much full time in Anthem, and he effectively just puts his shield up all the time and bashes through stuff. That shield, yeah, 
That's so much fun. It's basically a way to stay alive without anything hurting. It, it takes a ridiculous amount of damage. Yeah, it does. It does. It's very handy in certain tight spots. Very nice indeed. Okay, well, I'm glad you're enjoying that particular class. It's one that I've not played. I've got to say that up front. So I rely on other people's opinions when it comes to the Colossus because I haven't given it a go. Probably should do. Dave, what about you? What's your favourite javelin? Which one are you enjoying the most? Ranger. Nice. By far. And I have actually started using the Colossus. That is my second highest javelin, which is seems to be a lot of fun. As you can see, it's a pure tank and you just beast it. Damn everybody. But yeah. What, what is it about the Ranger that uh, draws you specifically? It's the best of both worlds. You can kind of be mid-range or in the thick of it and still hold your own. Which I think definitely makes some sense. It is kind of the, the javelin, I would say class, but if you say class, it means javelin, vice versa. But it's the javelin that kind of gets compared to the jack-of-all-trades kind of play style, which is, as you say, good at pretty much everything, not master of anything, but you know, gives you a decent range to play with, I think. Yeah, yeah. So as you've already said, Dave, the specific javelin that I'm enjoying is, in fact, the Storm. It is the weakest of all the javelins that we've spoken about. Tell me about it. I've had to pick up so many storms through through my many playthroughs of certain missions. I'm actually, I, I've got to say. Do you manage to dodge a lot of stuff? Given the fact that they are so squishy, I don't go down quite as much as I thought. When I first started playing, sure, yeah, I was getting hit a lot and you'd have to revive me. But I've now got to a point where, yeah, of course I go down, but so does every other class. And I'm actually, in a lot of cases, the person that's kind of running around just trying to make sure that I'm supporting everybody else because they are a much squishier class for that reason. But I am getting used to it. I'm really enjoying it, really enjoying it. It's very powerful, very powerful indeed. It super is very good. (laughs) Have you seen that thing? Yeah. I mean, of course you have. How can you miss it? Yeah, it does. uh, Lots of fireworks happen when that goes on. Well, you get, if you've never triggered it off, I'll just kind of explain it. And if not for your benefit, for the people listening, I'm sure you already know anyway, there's like kind of three elemental sides to this, the kind of spells that can be cast when you are a storm. That is fire, ice, and electricity, I think it is, or arcane. Yeah. I don't know. I think they call it arcane in this game. Yeah, yeah. But it's essentially electricity. And with your super or your special, whatever you want to call it, you basically get a area of effect style in each of these three categories. So you get a massive frost rate, you know, like fire down on a specific area and the same for fire and electricity. Yeah, it is a lot of fun and it does a ton, a ton of damage. I can't, um, so what's what's the specials that the Ranger has? Is that like a lot of rockets? Yeah, there's a few different variants. Um, One's like a rocket barrage. There is a very Iron Man style hand cannon beam thing, which is quite effective. But my favourite one is the um, rocket barrage because it just, destroys people like <laughs> yeah i've seen that one it's that's you kind of get you target an entire area and it just fires rockets anything in, in that area gets pretty much obliterated yeah man and what what about the colossus chris what what do they do when it goes it comes to being a badass three mortar rounds which do an absolute ton of damage i have seen this yeah and you're right <laughs> yeah I've, have you ever seen like two or more javelins set off their their, their supers at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, so the the combos that you see lighting up and the numbers that you see for damage when those hit are just incredible. Yeah, and I, it's quite satisfying as well to see that. I quite like the numbers. Some people don't. They do give you the option to turn them off, but I like them. It's I don't know. It's like some feedback. You're doing a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I like to know. Yeah, exactly. Now, overall impressions of the campaign and the game as a whole. Dave, what do you reckon to the story, the campaign, and indeed what you've played of it so far in terms of like just the contracts and the, all the free play stuff? I, over, overall, I quite enjoyed the story, to be fair. I did think the story had some nice little quirks to it. Some of the characters had some really nice little quirks to them. Yeah. But yeah, I quite enjoyed what I, the, the campaign. They had, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll see if I can remember a couple here. That The one that I tend to remember the most is the guy that got featured in the VIP demo and even the open beta that Anthem had before its release, which was Matthias. Yeah. His yeah. storyline, I thought, was, was really... That was one of my favourite storylines, to be fair. That was a really good outcome with some really good dialogue. Yeah, it was. Absolutely fantastic. I'm sure most people will be familiar with it if they've played the game. Uh, Chris, have you seen this? I'm assuming you have. Yes. Yeah, he, he splits into three. Yes, we won't. We won't uh, kind of tell you why or uh, kind of the outcome from that happening, where that goes, kind of thing. But 
it's a, a really cool it's very bioware yeah yeah the three the three different personalities he comes through with that is just really well done yeah and i think i, I don't know if this is it's the same guy that voices the three it must be yeah yeah i'm sure it is yeah that would be really good if it is yeah he's just got he's got the vocal range to cover all three Potentially. I don't know who it is, if I'm completely honest with you. I don't know if it's anybody famous at the very least. I'm not sure it is for him. Uh, what about you, Chris? What would you reckon to the game? Just and it, The reason I ask is, and we're going to kind of move on to this a little bit later on, but obviously the game, for the most part, amongst the community is getting a lot of hate. So I'm just wondering kind of your what your experience has taught you, what your overall impressions are of the campaign and the game as a whole. I've enjoyed the campaign. I, d- I don't know what people were expecting or were wanting from it. But I've enjoyed playing through it. The story flows really well. The characters you meet and and the admittedly some of the missions can be a little bit repetitive, but it's all about the loot that you get as you do them. Yeah. Which is why it's called a looter shooter. Yeah, as long as you keep going up levels through every mission, then yeah, that's that's the whole aim of the game for me. Yeah, it's you're fulfilling well, the game is fulfilling exactly what it set out to do in that regard. And I think it comes back to this old adage that we've always said before in previous podcasts, which is if the gameplay loop is fun, you're going to enjoy it, and every game is in some way or shape or form repetitive, hence there is a gameplay loop. And it's finding that sweet spot within a gameplay loop that keeps people hooked. And depending on the game, depending on the person, it's going to vary. So with that said, I, I'm with you, both of you two, really. I'm, I really enjoyed the campaign. Again, I find it very Bioware. The writing's very Bioware. The characters are very Bioware. And I know that might sound a little bit daft, what I mean is it's very well thought out. It's the kind of thing that you could expect to see in the kind of universe that you're playing in. It makes sense, basically. It's not way out there. Obviously, it is in the context of today's modern world and the one that we live in. But when it comes to playing, you know, effectively, it is a, you know, a part role-playing game. It makes sense that the stories and the people that you meet make sense, and they absolutely do. So I've thoroughly enjoyed the campaign. Was it a bit of an anticlimax towards the end? Maybe... Depends who you ask, but I, I enjoyed it enough to basically walk away with a good impression. And I hope that they keep adding towards that story content with future updates, of course. The game as a whole, I, I'm still enjoying. I'm obviously not quite as far into the end game, that kind of thing as you two are. You're both level 30, for instance. I'm not quite there yet, but I've, I've really enjoyed it, and I'm going to continue to do so. So very surprisingly, and I think it may come as a surprise to some people, all three of us in agreement here. We actually quite like Anthem. Oh yeah, definitely. Good for us. <laughs> the internet will hate us. Maybe so. The only three people that play Anthem. <laughs> we well, that's not technically true because I, I can um, between the between the three of us, I think we know a couple of other people. But I know what you're saying. We may as well be based on the way the internet's reacting. I mean, we introduced a friend to it last night, and he texts me today, and he says he's absolutely loving it as well. So here's another person. Who was on the fence with it? Yeah, and he's currently playing through the trial, isn't he? He's not yeah, actually yeah. dropped money on the game yet. He's going to pick it up next weekend, I think he said. Sounds promising, which means that we'll have another squaddy to play with, which is what I always like to hear. It is great. It is. I'll I'll be honest. We are kind of coming at this, I think, from a somewhat limited scope because for the most part, we do play within groups of friends, people we know. I can't speak directly for people that have just picked this game up, don't really like playing with or don't have anybody on their friends list that they can play with. I don't know how their experience is going to fare, you know, saying doing stuff with randomers or solo or whatever you want to call it. I think it's the sort of the same feeling as you had when you went in playing Destiny blind. If you've got nobody to, nobody to play that with, you can always pick up a group and find somebody. I think that's one of the bonuses for Anthem. It will always match you with somebody playing. Yeah. yeah. Well, the game does a good job of actually trying to pair you with, pair you up with people. It does encourage you to do so. In fact, I'm pretty sure that this is accurate. You actually get coins or more coins, in, in other words, the in-game currency, if you play with other people. Yes, you do. Don't know, what, what, don't know whether that scales based on whether or not those people are random or whether they're friends, but there is some kind of incentive there to encourage you to not just play by yourself. But this is clearly meant to be played in a certain way. I don't know how much the backlash that we're seeing online at the moment relates to Maybe people that are playing alone or have played it. People with no friends. Is that what you're saying? Maybe, well, people with no friends hate this. I've played it solo, though, when like, when Ricky's not online. Or 
few other friends and I thought Ricky was always online. I don't have an I, I, I don't have an issue with playing solo with it, so I suppose it's personal opinion on that one. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes for pretty much anything that we say within the context of this game. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know. There's some things that we may not necessarily consider, like people that genuinely have uh, like antisocial disorders or things like that, people that can't or you know have some kind of physical thing that's blocking them from being able to communicate and act with people in that way. The internet is full of different and varying people. So I'm not going to try and generalize, but that's the kind of thing that I try and bear in mind. But that said, I know that you have played this game solo, Dave, and I know that you personally have enjoyed it. So it just goes to show that that's not necessarily the complete consensus. Yeah. So with that said, whilst we love the game, I think it's fairly reasonable to say that there are things about it that we'd like to see changed. There's a few little issues, definitely. It's always going to vary. And there's some things that the community is basically bounded together on and says, yes, we, with one voice, say you need to change or fix this one thing. And on top of that, there's going to be the individual requests that, you know, maybe only a small portion of the player base want to see. So I thought we could kind of discuss the things that we love and the things that we'd like to see change. So, I mean, I know this is a very general question to ask. Uh, We'll go to you first, Chris. What do you reckon are the things within this game that really draw you to it? What do you really like? You You think to yourself, don't ever remove that. Don't change it. I love it the way it is. I just like flying around. For me, that for me, that's a really good bit of the game. I'm telling you now, everybody listening that plays, and me and Dave agree with you. With my Colossus, it's a little bit difficult because obviously he's a bit junky. Yes, and he doesn't fly very far. No. So yeah, but he can smash I'm, into the ground. Yeah, when I, yeah, when I'm playing as my alt character, a ranger, I am not used to being able to fly so far. Yeah, so I just absolutely was around. Whereas the storm, on the other hand. <laughs> can pretty much stay afloat for and is meant to stay afloat for a long period of time i the thing is as well there's also a very much a nuance to the way that flying is handled in this game and this is something me and you spoke about the other night dave yes kind of skimming water for instance means that your jets effectively stop not working obviously stops you heating up anymore they stop them heating up anymore you know they stop them burning up or reaching you towards that overheating mark and then if you go through kind of waterfalls, you can the spray will completely get rid of any any form of heating or, that you have on your engines, and it will completely cool you down. You'll have a brief period where you can just kind of glide without fear of that becoming an issue for you. And also diving from a great height cools you down as well. It does, yeah. If you kind of get the angle right, you get some nice feedback from your controller through vibration. And I've crashed into the floor so many times. <laughs> You're not the only one. What you mean? You've missed. You've missed kind of timed when you need to pull up on the trigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah We've all done that. It's always it's always really apparent as well because you'll just see your mate heading towards the floor. You think, all oh, right, yeah, he's going to do that thing where he just swoops back up, and the next thing you just hear this. Dum, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, all oh, right, yeah, he's failed. Yeah, but I, we've all been there. Not fun. Or even trying to just get away from an enemy and you fly into a wall or something like that. Oh yeah, I've done that a lot too. Doesn't change how good the flying is in this game though. It is sensational. And I've got to say, like, there's no kind of technical hitches or lag or anything like you know between seeing your friends fly around you. Like, it's very kind of surreal to think you're all flying through this massive world, and you can see your mate barrel rolling on one side of you, you know, and f- you kind of do the red arrows and fly in between each other. It's very cool that that's a thing that you can do. As sad as it might sound, in my opinion, anyway. Mm, it is. So what do you guys think about the um, like the gunplay, things like that? Is it mediocre? Needs work? All the different javelins have their different abilities. I'm just trying to get a sense of whether or not there's anything particularly bad in there that doesn't really work or something that, don't again, don't take that out. I don't see the point in sniper rifles. Have you ever used one? I've tried. Oh my god, that awesome some of them, man. Bloody difficult to use in this game. Some of the epic items, epic sniper rifles specifically, and I'm sure like the masterwork items, even more so, obviously. But they are really powerful. I have a masterwork same marksman rifle, I believe it is, and it's pretty much one shot kill on most of the most of the mobs and stuff like that. I can vouch for this. I've watched him run around and kill <laughs> things. Nice. Yeah. Tell you what, Chris. Is there anything else that, other than flying that maybe you want to add? that you can think of uh i like i like the way the world looks i mean that's taken a bit of a pace and as well people saying there's not enough variety or there's not there's not enough to do or look at or see and for me there is enough in there 
it is quite a large world. It's pretty. Yeah, it is. Oh, Very yeah. pretty. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I just like it. I enjoy playing it. Just to pick it up and play it. It's fun. I've said it before about other games, but it's giving you that um, fantasy role, isn't it? Yeah, it scratches a certain itch. Yeah, it's allowing you to fulfill that fantasy of being Iron Man. It is Iron Man, really, I think, for most people. Or just the idea that you get in a suit that you can fly, which, by way of a basic definition, is Iron Man anyway. Don't we all want to be Iron Man? I don't, don't exactly. Uh, what, what, what about yourself, Dave? Based on, obviously, I know that you're going to agree with the flying. Do you agree with Chris's cho- other choices there, or anything else that you maybe think, based on your own personal preference? Um, like you say, the world's quite a beautiful place, to be fair. Does lack a little bit of variance at time, but what we need to take into account is it's going to grow with time. Yep, absolutely. And we'll be adding more things into that. And we've come across a number of areas within the game, some underwater as well, some above, that are basically walled off in a really obvious fashion, as if to say something will eventually be here. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite clear that BioWare have got a long-term or a long-term game plan with this. I'm looking forward to see what they do. So yeah, I, I'm, I, I couldn't agree with you both more. I really enjoy the flying in this game. Absolutely sensational. I love the uh, the world as a whole. They have some really cool uh, mechanics in terms of not only like we've things that we've stated, like the waterfalls and the way that that interacts with the jetpack and things like that. Well, like there's, uh, you will have undoubtedly seen these massive connecting tubes that you can use to kind of transfer between two areas, and they put you in like this kind of semi cutscene state where you're kind of blasting through this air tunnel you come out the other side and it's just things like that i just think they give me the shivers it's awesome allows you to fill that fulfill that fantasy one thing that i would say with the world it's amazing how when you dive beneath the water how much there is like you can quite easily fly through the world and say it's empty but i've said this before either in personal conversations or otherwise it's not about what you can see it's about what you can't and if you take the time to explore and you start going into caverns some of them are Really in depth. I've not done enough diving. There are some labyrinths, and I mean massive, massive places like underground and underwater that you can get to that are just absolutely insane that you would never know existed unless you kind of stumble across them. I very much encourage people take some time in the free play if you're still playing to go ahead and just try and find stuff because there is an absolute ton that you can just stumble across if you just so happen to look in the right places. So that's something that I've really enjoyed doing. I'll have a look. Some of the things that we'd like to see changed. There's a lot of things I know that will have dropped in today's current patch. Some of these may or may not be as part of those those fixes. Apologize up front if we mention something here that's already been addressed. Uh, but based on your current impressions, is there anything kind of thing you, you think right? Okay, then this really, really, absolutely needs to change because it's just causing me grief. Uh, Dave, we'll go to you first on this one. What do you reckon? My single biggest issue is the fact that when you finish a mission, it takes you back to either four tosses the forge or wherever. And I think if you've got maybe three or four missions in your inventory, so to speak, on your quest list, which I haven't most of the times, I should be able to go to that next mission is instead of going back to four tosses and then loading back in. I think that's its single biggest issue. When you take into account as well, and it's no secret, and I hope they do fix this, that the loading times in this game, at present at the very least, are a little bit bearable, and that's to put it nicely. I timed them the other day. Do you have them on you? Yes. 90 seconds. Is that from where, sorry? Is the maximum. That's from Fort Tarsus to the free world. Right, so you've experienced up to a minute and a half, basically, yes. of waiting yeah. time. Which is that's, quite... That's enough time to put the kettle on, that man. Yeah. That's what I mean. And I have I have actually done that, as you can vouch for, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not time to go make a brew. You saw it. Yeah, I, I do agree. When you take into account those loading screens, you know, you get kind of finish the mission, you get the, the nice little animations and things like that. I do like, you know, the way they present that. Although, just kind of an aside, I'd love to know what the different rankings they are they give you. You know, they call you a soldier or... Yeah, and it's like, I think it, I, I timed it as less than a minute for like all your other areas as well. So going from mission to Fort Tarsus or uh, the Forge. Yes, and going into caves in the open world, whilst it probably shouldn't have a loading screen, it does, and they're relatively short, around about 20 seconds yeah. I don't know whether that's something you've timed. Yeah, that's about right. They're, they're, they're fairly short, all in all. Yeah. But So, yeah, I agree with you. It would be great to have some kind of option to allow you to maybe, if only, queue quests, so that they're all available to do whilst you're out in the open world, and you can just kind of fly towards one and complete them. 
as as weird as it sounds as it sounds what they need to do is they need to become a little bit more destiny-esque in that delivery yeah i said this you know it sounds a little bit ironic but it's true because that's the way that destiny kind of works is they give you one area and then you just it's an open area based on the missions that you have they're not planting you in the world based on the missions that you select anything else dave that you maybe want to see changed i f- think they fix that issue they need to have some kind of like a strider in the world where you can go to the strider and then select a mission and then boom straight back out because there's plenty of them lying around there are although they're dormant one of the things that that, that got raised because because of the e3 demo that when they announced this game a couple of years ago one of the things that they showed was a moving uh, strider and that's something that hasn't unfortunately made it to the final game probably for technical reasons but yeah, it's a good point. They they could utilize those to give players some way to use them as like an active hub. So you can kind of choose missions or do other things. That would be a lot better. Rather than having to go back to the forge after every mission, or even even on free play, you have to go back to the forge to equip any new items you've picked up. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I do hope, I don't know whether this is ingrained into the loot system as a whole, but just kind of seeing the rarity of an item Mm, I can live with it, but it would be better if they would let me know what it is that I've got, like, see, and give you some way to equip it without having to go back at all. Yeah, definitely. Chris, what about you? Anything that you think this is really bugging me? Please, by the way, love letter to you. Change it. I don't think there is, bar the the sort of integration from any area to another area. I think the gameplay is pretty solid. They've just they've patched the loot drops today, which has angered which has angered the internet again. Yes, uh, yeah, seemingly so. Unsurprisingly, yes, because apparently it's now not dropping as much good stuff as it was pre-patch. So I did a mission. I did a mission about an hour ago, one mission, and I got one masterwork item. I might have been lucky, but for me, that's not, <laughs> that's not a, a significant decrease because I'd barely seen one before that. One thing that did occur to me, and I think actually, now that I say this, you're probably both going to agree with me, that really does kind of bug me. There is a very limited inventory space for which you can collect gear, around about 250 slots. Now, a couple of times, especially in the early stages of the game, whenever I went back to Fort Tarsus, the game would make a point of telling me that I am nearing capacity. So I would have to go and basically dismantle stuff or trash them. I don't know if you've ever tried to dismantle anything within this game, but there is no multi-select system. So if you have 100 items that you want to get rid of from your overall stash, you have to basically dismantle them individually, one by one. That's what I do. I do that after every mission. I don't, I don't wait about till my end. It's saying my, my, my fort's nearly full. I go in there and just bin off everything I don't need. That would have been fantastic had I known that that was something that I was going to face. But unfortunately for me, I obviously didn't realize for whatever reason that this was an issue that I would hit such a limit so quickly. And the next thing I know... Stop hoarding stuff. You don't need to. It's a bit like saying a tidy email inbox, you know, if you keep on top of it, you're never going to get anything that's going to bug you. Whereas if you let it build, the longer it's going to take you to sort out. It's the same with pretty much anything of that type. So yeah, I would like it if they at least implemented some way to select multiple items that you want to dismantle and do that in one go. Or give you a bigger cupboard. Yeah. Or, yeah, the alternative is to give more space. But I don't know whether that's the solution here because there will be, normally, when it comes to numbers and space, there is a reason for it. Programmatically, I mean. So, what that reason is in, in Anthem's case, I'm not sure. So, what I think they will probably do is just give, make it easier for you to dismantle things, get rid of stuff that you don't want. I hope they do anyway. Other than that, though, pretty much in agreement with you two. I really wish they'd kind of make it a little bit easier to hop between the various different locations in the world and the various different activities that you could undertake. Oh, waypoint marking. Yes. Good point. Yeah, that's a good one. So at the moment, you can't really ping or show where you want to be going to. No, and you can't even call for help. I am playing on my own in a world with three random strangers. I am getting downed by this massive beast, and I can't call any of them for help. Do you know what they should do? They should take a leaf out of the Division 2's book. Although maybe not quite egregiously, <laughs> because I remember you telling me when you played the beta of that, all you ever saw was pings from people asking for help. Oh, you know what? I played it in the the open beta as well, and it annoyed me a lot less, because I actually started calling for help myself. Maybe that's the kind of a, a thing that Anthem needs to implement, 
I think I'm correct in saying the latest patch, if if not a pending patch due in the next week or two, is going to fix the respawn issue. So if you go down within a dungeon or in the open world, you, I mean, if you go down in the open world, you can respawn anyway. But if you go down in a dungeon, you're in a group. You no longer have to just kind of sit there until somebody uh, revives you. You get the option after, in the case of dungeons, it's 30 seconds, and then you can hit a button and it will reinstate you back into the game in a playable state. So you're not just sat there waiting for somebody effectively. It's a little bit easier for you to get back into the action once you've been killed. And I think that's a really nice thing. I believe it's contextual as well. So like I say, in dungeons, it's a 30-second timer. It might be less in other places, but I believe they fix that now, which is cool. The ability to kick somebody who's not moving. But, but you, what, you, they could offer that by virtue of an emote, maybe? Yeah. I don't, I, I just like, because I was stuck. I was doing uh, a stronghold, and there was one guy who just wasn't moving, and we couldn't move on because he was not moving. It wouldn't force him forwards. Oh, my God. I've just realized I'm so stupid. I thought you meant, like, physically kick somebody no. that's not that's not that's not moving anywhere. That's why I said add it as emote, you can just go up and kick somebody. No. no, no. What you mean is remove somebody from the squad. Yes, remove somebody from your game who is not doing anything productive or worthwhile. I feel so stupid. Get out. So I mean even it even works as a voting system. Yeah, that that's something that most I don't, I don't want to say it's specific to MMOs cuz it's not. It's really not. But most games of this type do have some way for you to vote to remove players that are not just AFK, for instance, but annoying, you know, or doing something that's particularly stupid. I don't know. Yeah. There's many reasons you might want to kick some from somebody from the group. Yeah. At least by vote. I think that's a fair way to do it. And honestly, I think we'll see it. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it needs adding, I think. Awesome. So... I thought we could also maybe speculate as to some of the things that we might like to see. That being things that are perhaps not currently planned and may not happen, so these can be outside-the-box ideas that can be stupid, It's should you have them. But on top of that, things that may have been acknowledged already and that are already likely to happen, because Bioware have said it's probably going to be the case. Uh, Dave, anything you can think of to just kick us off? Not really. I mean, looking at the roadmap, it's a bit sparse at the moment i mean i know there's content dropping on the 22nd which is the cataclysm i believe it is so i think we've basically got to sit here and wait and see what happens see what bioware have actually got planned for the, the future yeah of course what do, have they given any information with regards to cataclysm as a patch what it might contain why it's called cataclysm for instance because that's i don't know <laughs> a bit ominous not that i know no i think it's a couple of weeks off and we've not heard any information on it yet we just have a title. We do. I mean, picking up from the story, I think it's one of the areas is totally destroyed because of a cataclysm, so it is a world-changing event. Right. Oh. Well, that's what... Warcraft had a cataclysm expansion, and it literally... They literally completely redeveloped the world. I'm sat there thinking, they're not going to do that after one patch of Anthem, surely. Don't know, do you? No, that would be a very bold move on. Can you imagine that? If you just logged in one day, and as a result of a patch called Cataclysm, the entire world had changed. I, I suppose that's the point of the Anthem of Creation. Oh my god, that would actually be awesome. Mm-hmm. Like if you got a completely new world, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, that would... Because look at how big the current world is and how detailed. It would make no sense that they just released that for two months and then, you know, gets replaced. But the fact that they might be able to manipulate and change... Yeah, just to add it as an option. Yeah. Mm, that's quite intriguing. What about you, Chris? Anything that you can think of currently planned might not happen that they've acknowledged very likely to happen, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think I think one of the, the actors on, on on the game actually came out and tweeted saying they were recording new scenes. Yes. So this was mocap. So who knows what who knows what that'll lead to? No. Well, you would hope some more story stuff. Yeah, yeah. You'd think you'd done all the mocap they could possibly do and would ever need, but no, there's there's actually gone back in and, and recorded some new stuff does make me wonder whether it's a more full-time job for these actors then. Whether, whether they're going to be coming back every couple of months for the next two years, for instance, to record new stuff because Bioware are consistently updating and progressing the story. be a nice job to have. Yeah, for sure. Bit of, bit of uh, stability in your life as a voice actor. Why not? Remains to be seen, of course. I'm actually looking at the roadmap here and it's got the cataclysms. Uh, the world of Anthem is terrifying and dangerous and unpredictable. 
These worlds cause physical changes to extreme weather, hostile creatures, and changes to the landscape, revealing new mysteries to solve. Mm. So there you go. That's a very, very nice byline there. And to be honest with you, we've seen bits about the weather. I don't know if you've ever been flying and you've suddenly seen quite a violent storm sweeping. I've been hit by lightning so many times. Oh, mate, it's unreal. Dave has as well. <laughs> Every <laughs> single time it's me. <laughs> it's like being in a lightning rod. Three were flying together. Hits me. It's like, come on. You've got it's because you've got a massive spike on your helmet. It's like attracting it. <laughs> Maybe. But I've never been hit by lightning, but I am a storm and you know, I am one with the elements. Yeah, it probably doesn't affect you. Be very cool if it doesn't. Yeah, we I really I'm looking forward to seeing what what this holds. I think we're gonna know a lot more about the way that Anthem is gonna be shaped long term after the cataclysm patch. So as I said, you know, at the top of the show, maybe not in part of the recording, but at least to these two guys, I think what we'll probably do in six months or so, assuming we're all playing and enjoying it, I think we'll probably sit down and talk about this again, see what the state of Anthem is, that kind of thing. Can't do it with every game that's kind of presented as a service, but we seem to be enjoying this enough to, you know, potentially warrant a second follow. Yeah, at least this you'll know there'll be progression. Exactly. And right now, based on like you know the stuff that Dave just read out, I think that's really quite intriguing. I want to know what they're going to do. Sounds like it could be quite major. If it's out of the box and like unexpected, then hell yeah, bring it on, Bioware. Bring it on. Let's have a bit of a chat about microtransactions, because this game does have them. And indeed, it's kind of as a byline or a kind of subtopic to that, the state of the store. What do you guys reckon? Is it egregious? Is it fair? Let's just get some kind of general overview here. Uh, Dave, what about you? Go for it. That's pointless. <laughs> it really is. There's nothing in there of any relevance or anything that changes the game in any way, shape or form. You might be a, a new armor pack, a new skin, but other than that, it's... There's a skin and an emote. There's nothing. Yeah, emotes as well. But other than that, it's not really important. It's not really relevant, <laughs> to be fair. Have you bought anything yet? No, God no. Just with what coins I've had. I've spent no money on shards that I don't intend to. Fair enough. What about you, Chris? What do you reckon to this? Uh, I've bought a couple of the the items in the store. But yeah, there is a very limited view as to what you can see every few days or every week. Just to be clear as well, uh, when you say you bought, you mean you've used the in-game currency as opposed to you've spent money? Yes, I've used the in-game currency. I've, yeah, I've not spent any more money on the game. We'd have kicked you. I know, yeah. I could feel Dave getting angry then. Through the mic. His waveforms are angry. Yeah, yeah, I could just feel it. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with both of you here. The store definitely needs work in there. It's just sparse. There is pretty much... Don't get me wrong. Anthem as a game actually offers one of the most customizable uh, feature sets that I've seen in a game of this type. In that there are tons of texture types, tons of colors. It's very customizable on that front. But in part, the look of your javelin in terms of its shape is defined by some of the skins that you're otherwise going to acquire through playing the game or buying them. Right now, there just aren't that many when it comes to being able to buy them. The game gives you reward as a reward in-game currency that you can use, but then doesn't really give you the, the rewards to actually spend that on. Now, based on current prices, the rate at which you're earning coin in-game, do you guys think it's a fairly fair system? Do you think you could fairly play this game earn enough coins to allow you to say maybe every week, two weeks, buy some a new skin or something like that and be quite happy with it? Or do you think it really is designed to kind of drive you down that monetization, please buy me route? No, I think it, it lets you gain enough in-game. If you're playing it often enough, and if you're doing like two, three hours a night, you should be able to, in theory, gain enough coin to buy whatever they're offering week in, week out. I have to agree with that. The only thing I've actually purchased since launch is the N7 skin. Which I also bought. Yeah, yeah. Loses. Losers. Have, have you seen it? Yes, I have. It's awesome. It's not for me. Might still kick you at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Chris's Both corner in this episode. <laughs> Technically, we don't need you. Oh, it's swear word. Oh, it's swear word. <laughs> right, anyway. So, yeah, I completely agree. I'm hoping that they're going to add some more stuff to the store as a whole, because quite honestly, I would like some more cosmetics. I think that'd be really cool. I know they've talked about adding a cosmetic chest of some kind, as a way to earn cosmetics through gameplay, mm. which is really cool. I think that'll probably come at a later point. Don't think it's in this latest patch. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. And I do think that, the, and I hate to say it, the prices for in-game 
based on, based on the amount of coin that you earn in game versus the prices that they have on the store, I do actually think it's not necessarily unfair. If they just had that system and no way to buy, I would feel much better because I think it's just they they're leaving that option out there to leech as much as they can. But it's 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 reasonable given my thoughts on microtransactions as a whole. That's all I will say. They are non-evasive microtransactions even. Yes, exactly. Doesn't necessarily throw it in your face. Is that the word? Is that the word? Yeah. Non-evasive. Evasive. No. non Yeah. What? Something like that. <laughs> we'll just go with that. No, they're just, they're just there. They're not really important to anything. We'll see whether that changes and whether or not they make a push on trying to, you know, change the prices because that could, the economy could always change. They can always adjust stuff. So, Again, maybe we'll talk about this in a few months' time when we revisit the state of Anthem. Don't do it, a year. You know what happened with Star Wars? Exactly. Heed our warning as experts, kind of, on this subject. Have you drunk your tea, Ricky? Yeah, Ricky. Do you know? Oh, no. We put it as a note. I've got a little bit left, and it's damn cold. Told you. Told you to drink your tea, yes. It was never going to be useful. I knew it shouldn't have been that low down in the notes. Yeah. Oh, damn it. It's all right. I'll make another one shortly. Apologies to my tea. Okay, let's start to kind of wrap this up here. One of the final things that we've got here to talk about. At the moment, as I said a little bit earlier on, there's a lot of backlash against Anthem for the most part in the community. I know we touched on it briefly, but I thought we might want to go a bit more in depth into this, get our thoughts on whether or not we necessarily agree with the overall backlash that's come as a result of Anthem's release and the way that the community's acting and that kind of thing, whether it's right, wrong, in our opinion, of course. We can only speak for ourselves as a, with everything we say. Chris, what do you reckon to the community backlash on Anthem? Because we are enjoying it. The community somewhat, not so much. I think the angry pitchfork mob are always a lot louder than those who are enjoying something. Yeah, it's a very true statement, I think. Which I think seems to be the case more often than not these days, because people have uh, sort of more platforms to, more platforms to voice their, their discontent about things. I don't know what it is as well. I think it's something to do with the fact that EA have an association with Bioware and the fact that Bioware's last game, Mass Effect Andromeda, was slated as well. I think people just kind of naturally have an expectation that things are going to be bad. That blows things out of proportion, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I just think it's, it's understandable. Like, I look at a lot of the points that I see across the internet, and I think, yeah, actually, you know, I can get, I get it. I do get it. But it's normally the way in which those responses are put across that makes the whole ordeal quite bloody in some ways. What do you think about this, Dave? Because I know that you've, uh, you've been keeping your eye on the way that people have been re- responding to Anthem since its release. If you listen to YouTube, it's the worst game in the world that nobody likes and nobody plays. But if you look at the Anthem Twitter account, most of the replies are quite positive. And I think a lot of it is down to some of these certain YouTubers who are just putting hate out for clicks. Seems to be working for them. Well, you know. But I mean, I, the thing is, I've actually seen quite a lot of good things on this front. I mean, like you say, the Anthem Twitter account, for the most part, is getting really positive response. The devs, the guys that actually make the game, are actively engaging with the community, like constantly. These are the, this is like the creative director, the lead programmers. They're all on Twitter. They're all engaging. They're all listening to feedback, and they're all responding. They're being transparent, which I think for me, don't get me wrong, I said it in the past, I don't agree that necessarily we can be at a stage in gaming history whereby games can release and be fixed afterwards. I don't think that should necessarily be the correct outlook for how games should be released, or we can just fix it afterwards. But at the same time, with a game like this, I think people do need to give it time. I'm hating the, Des- the Destiny 2 comparisons. I don't know about you two, but I think it's so unfair that people are comparing this to that game. I know they're similar, but God, Destiny 2 was not the game it is today when it launched, and that was two years ago. Oh, God, no. It, it, and you know, you can speak to this, Dave, as somebody that's played it throughout that time. I mean, I played, I've been on Destiny since the alpha of the original Destiny, and the way that game changed Destiny 1 it was a completely different game from when it started to when Destiny ended. And then they didn't quite get Destiny 2 right. But when they launched Forsaken, it did fix a lot of the problems. And I have to say that the season pass has been absolutely fantastic so far. Yeah. So Bungie are on the right path by listening to feedback from the community. and Yeah, 
which is what Bioware are basically doing. And it, uh, the, I wanted to say what you're saying about the, the season pass for Destiny. As far as we know, as of right now, and you know, they don't seem to be wavering in this regard. There is going to be no season pass for Anthem. All the updates to the game are going to be free, which is mega. Really, I really hope that remains the case. We'll have to see. Chris, what do you reckon to this? All the, all the internets and what they thinks. You know, I've stopped, I've just stopped listening. Everything I read on the internet about a certain game that I am enjoying just makes me laugh. If you're going on a game to play it just to hate it, then why? What are you doing with your life? Why are you playing this game if you hate it so much? Just stop playing it. Go and find something you like. Yeah, go and find something you enjoy, rather than spending your nights playing a game that you're clearly not enjoying playing. Yeah, I think a lot of the people that actually complain do enjoy it. They're just ma- It's just complete malice in the way that they communicate their points of view. Makes it look like they really hate the game. It's like, well, you're clearly playing it, hence why you want these things to change. Uh, I don't think wishing failure on a company is necessarily the way to go. It's like, well, why would you... Just because you're a bit bitter about something specific. Yeah, people are saying Bioware's dead. For what? I know. Which... Bioware's we, not dead. I think we all know is very untrue <laughs> and will remain to be untrue for the for the future. From what I've been seeing across tweets and stuff like that as well, apparently EA are 100% behind Bioware pushing forward with Anthem, so... Yeah, and don't get me wrong, this doesn't change my view on EA. No, no. I think I think a number of the things that they've done in other games, especially with regards to microtransactions, has been like over the top and unnecessary, quite frankly. But I hope that they do kind of stick with that line and they back them. Because as far as I'm concerned, this is a good enough game to warrant me continuing playing it. Yes, things need changing. Absolutely. And that's a bold statement coming from you, man. I know. That's what I mean. I've put a lot of time into this game, as you know, and I typically have to have... The game has to have something pretty special to have me coming back many times a week to it. It's the text messages I'm getting off you saying, Dave, are you playing Anthem? It's like, have we stepped into some alternate reality here? Ricky actually wants to play something. What's happened to Ricky? <laughs> What's happened? Now, there are going to be people out there that really don't agree and obviously completely respect those opinions. I hope they've fully enjoyed this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I, again, <laughs> I know, I'm sure they, they haven't been sat there seething the entire time, but I do understand a number of the points that people are concerned about when it comes to this game, but I really don't think the future is bleak, and that's the message that, that I seem to get when I read what the internet seems to think about this, and it's just not really a true reflection of reality, certainly not on the part of everybody that plays Anthem as a game, and certainly not on the part of Bioware, who are quite clearly, whilst they're dealing, firefighting with some things, they're quite quite clearly doing it in a positive and respectful way to the people that are playing Anthem. So I commend <coughs> EA and indeed Bioware. I'm not going to cringe at them because I think they're an awesome studio. Oh, yes. So, chaps, I think, like I say, we will revisit this in a number of months' time. We'll see where exactly things have progressed to. Is there anything else with regards to Anthem specifically that you two want to mention? I mean, absolutely anything. Chris? I've got one more thing. No, I haven't. Not for this. Ah, oh, you just—is <laughs> that a wind-up? <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing. Evil. No, no. What about you, Dave? No, I think we've pretty much covered everything, and we can only look towards the future and see what Bioware bring to the table. And like you say, look at this in a few months and see if we're still playing it and what contents drop. Is it improved the game? Which I think it will. Absolutely. And I do hope that people kind of be a lot more understanding to the, re- you know, the idea that people do like this game. There is a very large portion of the player base that don't, even though they're still part of the player base, which is just mad. But ultimately, I think we do have to give this one some time. And I've got some faith in Bioware, and I like what I'm playing. We will revisit this, chaps. What's its position in the UK charts at the moment? Because I suppose that's a good test of it. Mm, I'm not too sure. The thing is about those kind of statistics nowadays is they don't always count digital sales. Oh no, this is true. It's a very refined outlook. So I don't know until right, like the M- the MPDs start including everything, at least in the UK. I don't know. Well, ending the second of March, it's still at number one in the UK. Just goes to show, then you know, apparently the the fantasy of an, playing as an Iron Man type figure really is enough to allow people to to, to continue to play this game. So. Yeah, it remains to be seen. Okay, I'm sure we will discuss Anthem in future podcasts inherently, be it by way of news or discussion points, but we will also attempt to try and do a follow-up to this, I don't know, maybe towards the middle end 
of summer, something like that. Would love to know, of course, what you, the listener, think about Anthem. Have you been playing it? I'm assuming you have. If you've made it this far into the podcast, what are your thoughts on it? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Any of the questions that I've asked my co-host here today, please go ahead and give me your ideas, your thoughts and impressions, because I'd really love to know. And if there's any one, any, any particular impressions that I think may be worthy of a mention here, I'll go ahead and I'll plug it in a future podcast so that you hear all your lovely words on air. I'll quickly plug some stuff at the end here because this is mandatory for a podcast, but we will call it a day there, chaps. Thank you very much. Let's move on to that. Plug Life. So as I said at the top of the show, this is in fact a special edition podcast that will be coming out alongside one of our standard weekly podcast episodes. At the end of those, we always go ahead and we plug some stuff, namely our Twitter, because it's the best way to get in touch with regards to anything you may want to discuss. You can go ahead and hit us up at Funky Gamer Blog, or individually, I'm at Ricky James. Chris, you are? At X underscore CW. And Dave? At E46 Dave. All of these in the podcast description for this episode below. Within that description, you can also find links for our, or not necessarily links, but references to our Xbox and PSN names, streaming links as well. And undoubtedly, you are listening to us across one of the following platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Thank you so much for doing so. If you like our little podcast and you enjoy what we do here, please go ahead, hit the follow all subscribe button watch whichever's prevalent and if you're really enjoying it like uh, you know hearts whatever whatever you want to call it if you're feeling particularly generous as i always ask if your platform has a review section please go ahead and leave us a star rating and look review if you want it really does help the visibility and it costs you absolutely nothing if you want to check us out on discord you can go to funkygamer.co.uk slash discord for an open invite we'd love to talk to you we're all in there as well it's always a good time and if you want to find us on Reddit, you can go to reddit.com slash r slash funkygamer, where I post most of the podcast every week. I am done. The spiel is over. Those are the plugs. Good work. Boom. And, and I thank you very much. Appreciate it. Anything else from you two? Or shall we say goodbye? Goodbye. I think we've waffled enough, haven't we? Yeah. I know, right? I know, right? I'm sure people think this every episode, which is why they keep coming back. For our waffles. This is our special edition for Anthem, the Funky Gamer Podcast. Thanks to my co-hosts Chris Wright, David Moore. See you guys for the next episode. My name is Ricky James. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>